You're listening to Not Many of You Should Become Teachers, a podcast that explores the world of K-12 education as it intersects with the Christian faith. You might call us extreme moderates. We're skeptics who try not to be cynics and are allergic to cheap rhetoric. Welcome to the show. Hey, podcast friends, Dave here, and I'm really excited to introduce this week's episode. I really can't believe that summer is rapidly coming to an end. I know that for us educators, that's a little bit bittersweet. Uh, We're anticipating all the good things that are to come for a new academic year, and uh, I'm finding myself really sort of in that headspace, and uh, the podcast is helping with that, uh, thinking about where we're going, Uh, but I'm not quite ready to let go of summer. And uh, so for this week's episode, we're going to go back to a conversation I had uh, both the honor and the privilege of being a part of and uh, recording with my brother. Um, My brother lives in Ontario, uh, not far from uh, Ottawa, and uh, he is a local parish priest, um, recently ordained in the Anglican Church of Canada. So he's not a teacher, he'll talk about that, um, but I think he has something to offer us. You will hear this um, very clear in our conversation. Just in terms of adding to the faith and learning conversation we've been having on the podcast, I know he's a, a, a friend and a fan of the podcast, and uh, so it was just lovely to sit lakeside uh, in cottage country a few weeks ago with him and uh, to, to just chat about uh, various things uh, pertaining to faith and, and learning and what it means to be a teacher. And he's, he's not a teacher per se, but as a, as a pastor, as a parish minister, um, he is, he's bringing some wonderful things to the, to the table there. Um, so it's a true delight to introduce him to you. Um, the conversation that we have is is sort of self-explanatory, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna roll that for you guys, uh, and then I'll catch you on the other side. So, uh, without further ado, uh, may I introduce you to my brother, who's also known as Father Colin McFarland. Well, it is an absolute delight to be sitting not only in Ontario's beautiful cottage country, uh, sitting lakeside, but I'm sitting here with my brother. Uh, who is also Father Colin, uh, Colin McFarland, uh, in the Anglican Church of Canada. Uh, I will let him introduce himself, but uh, I'm ripping him out of vacation. Uh, You've been on vacation for six days or so. And I uh, said, let's have a little lakeside chat. Uh, we've, we've talked faith, we've talked learning, we've talked all sorts of things. And uh, we thought we'd record a little bit of it. So Colin, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me on. This yeah. is great. So tell us uh, a, a little bit about, uh, where, where do you want to start? Uh, start with, start with clergy on vacation. You've been, you've been on a, on a break. Um, sure. Yeah. C- clergy is a, is a big term, but yeah, priests, deacons, mm-hmm. uh, bishops, and, uh, those three traditional forms of ministry, Plus all the other kinds of church leaders that exist that aren't uh, ordained to those three orders, but are are leaders. Summertime's a great time because mm-hmm. all the committees and the workshops and the fussiness of planning uh, and strategizing all goes to rest. And uh, now I'm I'm on vacation. I get a few weeks every year, including Sundays off. So it's been strange not thinking about the next. Sunday or the next service right. or 
what's going on or, or what's coming in the next meeting. It feels really good, but I'm also really tired. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of floating in the lake and yes. and, and all of that. It's been, a, it's been a good time lakeside. Just, uh, yeah, a lot of boating and resting. Very nice. So even like, so thinking of our audience, uh, language like clergy and bishop deacon committees even um, might sound uh, just like slightly foreign. Um, tell a little bit about your, your journey into the Anglican Church and uh, uh, how, that all, how that all came about. Sure. Uh, I went to, I did my undergrad in music at Trinity Western University in Langley. And during that time, it was great. I had this kind of free pass to go and just visit other friends' churches and see how other Christians did things and worshipped yeah. and worked together or didn't work together. And uh, through that, yeah, through that course of time, I ended up going to a Lutheran church for a time, which was kind of my first introduction to classic rhythms of, of liturgy and the church, take you through the, the church year, the calendar and the feasts and uh, saints days. And, and uh, yeah, that was something about that really synthesized mm. for me. It just sort of brought into focus like a, a good lens if you right. if you wear glasses when you get the lens that fits right it just sort of brings the things you are seeing already into a better focus for for me mm-hmm. and uh, so I decided to keep exploring different liturgical traditions I moved to Ottawa I started going to an Anglican church and that just it, again probably the the rhythm uh, the rhythms of mm-hmm. the liturgy are what got me hooked in the first place and then sort of were satisfying me on a lot of levels and yeah set me up to to explore more um yeah different historic forms of of christian faith and yeah yeah i i love that you you mentioned uh that the the church calendar and sort of the rhythm of how christians uh we've we've talked about telling time mm-hmm. um that that became sort of a life-giving form for you, or that was, uh, you talk about a lens and it gives a focus. Um, we had this conversation back in our first season. Um, the second episode of this podcast was actually on the liturgical calendar, the mm. church year, um, which, again, may be foreign to some of some of our listeners uh, and in the tradition we're in, um, but trying to move beyond it just being uh, a dead ritual or something that is very sort of staid and... Um, well, the opposite of living would be sort of this dead form of routine, um, and you found it to be particularly life-giving. If we could move a little bit into um, you actually being in ministry, and uh, the focus of our of our podcast, of course, is on faith and learning, specifically in a schooling context, um, but you, uh, in, in the best sense of the word, in the broadest sense of the word, you are a teacher. You're, you're an educator. Uh, in, in a sense, you also preside over many other parts of your ministry, but maybe talk a little bit about teaching, learning, uh, and how that connects to faith uh, in the broader context of your ministry. Yeah, teaching, when someone's ordained a, a priest, there's sort of a, a litany of things that are said at an ordination service, and one of them is is a teacher, is uh, mm. among other things, among loving people and serving them and blessing them and, and uh, walking alongside them, teaching them is a big part of that. And yeah, I think we're always learning um, mm. how to use our faith, how to get it out and, and actually use it um, we learn all kinds of things 
where we learn to have faith in all kinds of different things uh, in the you know just in this life of course and yeah when we take our our Christian faith that sort of fundamental hope in God um, the yeah the faith that we're deeply loved and held by God that nothing can sever us from that sonship or daughtership mm. uh, that we have as God's children when we really believe that and and put that out there um, we begin to sort of I think relearn the world that we're in in a different way we see it through the way God sees the world mm. um, as opposed to maybe some of the other lenses or uh, pictures of the world that were given by I don't know the economy or of course or uh, you know political leaders or definitions of who we are yeah, yeah yeah so i think i think yeah faith is kind of a it's a lifelong learning mm-hmm. um what it is it's it's something that each of us i think has and uses but maybe is uh, it's always seeking understanding sort of in the classic mm-hmm. understanding faith faith is something that seeks understanding constantly so mm-hmm. i think if you've if you think you have it all figured out it's probably not faith yeah. um so that's yeah, week after week, liturgy after liturgy, small group after small group, meeting after meeting. Um, we're talking about the you know the business of the church, but the the business of the church is never separated from um, what does it mean for Christians to embark on mm. this task, or what does it mean for Christians to disagree? What does that look like? Um, what texture is that that might be different than? Um, just you know being in the house of commons and disagreeing or something right. like that you know yeah so yeah you're, you're always learning one of the things that that i really enjoyed uh, that was part of our our little vacation here back to ontario uh was to was to be part of a service that you were presiding over just before you uh, kicked on your flip-flops and yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> uh and away we go and one of the things i noticed in the service you know we're, we're observing everything is Exactly as you say, the the lifelong component, but also it's integrated. Like t- it's not sort of like, yeah, you have a, a homily or or a, you're preaching, and like it's like okay, teaching time. Um, but teaching is actually embedded in all. Like you mentioned, rhythms. It's me- it's in the rhythm of the year. It's actually embodied. To use to use a word, um, it's 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 how it's lived out. And I think for the purpose of this podcast, which is uh, for K to twelve educators for, for teachers who um, live by curriculum, lesson plans, uh, you know, the bell schedule of the day we have our own rhythm, uh, that actually you're offering something that could be a bit of an encouragement to us to think, uh, to sort of transcend beyond. It's not, it's it's greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. would you kind of put it that way? Well, I would say it was interesting. Our church created a new website this past year, and I was looking at a lot of different church websites and what to do, and yeah. this is just kind of a, a good example, I think. Um, on a lot of church websites, there's kind of a what we believe tab, and you click on it, and you go down, yeah. and there's like bullet points and bullet points and bullet points about all these different things that, that they believe, you know, and sort of with very slight differentiations between what other people believe, and and uh, distinctions aren't unimportant, but um, I sort of felt like putting on our website, well, we didn't put a what we believe on our website, we sort of identified what church we are part of, what relationships we have with other churches and ecumenical partnerships. But at the end of the day, you know, you want to find out what we believe, come sing what we sing, come, oh, come uh, worship like we worship and yeah, sort of, yeah, it's embodied. So join in yeah. 
what we're what we're doing and who we are yes is that and it's kind of like yeah if you want to know what a church really believes go sing their songs you want to know what a church really believes look at how they look at how they run themselves uh look at how, how they exist look, in their neighborhood yeah look how at they, their look at their relationships among themselves is it uh mm-hmm. is it sort of a a brutal hierarchy where the the lowly are smashed down under the the powerful well then you could start asking a really good question is this church or is this something else and uh yeah so yeah mm. kind of yeah in, enmesh yourself a little bit into what's being done and you'll see what people believe yeah oh that's awesome so on a, on a little personal angle um so colin is um my younger brother uh we're two of two of three siblings sitting on a couch right now um uh, i'm a teacher uh our sister is uh i'm a secondary school teacher our sister's a, a primary school teacher um did you ever think of teaching teaching k-12 i think i always thought for a very long time that i would teach but for some reason which you know retroactively looking back sort of makes sense now but i never thought i wanted to be a teacher in a classroom yes um i liked I like teaching. I like the world is your classroom. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The world is my stage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I I knew I wanted. Like I I always knew I was. I liked teaching. I, I think I was good at it. But how did I want to do that? Did I want to yes. be you know like a master carpenter and teach an apprentice, or yes. did I want to you know just be a really good you know instructor in some other kind of organization? And so anyway, that I think that gift was there, and then oh, that's yeah. my. You know, life developed, uh, and as I, yeah, as I sort of slowly mm. over time perceived a sense of calling to who I am now, it all makes that you know that gift fits within a constellation of other gifts, um, in in the form of my peculiar form of mm. discipleship, which is to be a priest. But well, and I think that's very fair, um, like any profession. But I, for some reason, I, I want to say, especially in teaching and in education, uh, there are, there's a whole group of people I think sometimes get feel like they're compelled or they're forced into it, um, that, or it's like mm-hmm. it's maybe a last resort. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's that's I mean, obviously, is the last thing that students need in a in a traditional classroom is is somebody who just feels resigned to being there mm-hmm. um, and so it's been neat to see to see sort of the the pathway that you've um, that you've not only chosen but you felt called to and uh, that's really cool so one last uh, one last thing we've got we've got father Colin on the couch here the title of our podcast Colin is not many of you should become teachers which of course comes from the uh, the epistle of, uh, to, of James to James by James um, yes <laughs> this happened Riley and I this happens all the time we just fumble around yeah. uh, the epistle of James yes uh, first chapter um, I'm just going to put you on the spot mm-hmm. when you hear that or you know of this um, the, the phrase when you hear not many of you should become teachers mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and uh, the next line of course is um, there's a higher standard you were called something more um, what do you hear in that in that text well i hear the whole book of james is a pretty hard-hitting book but it's you know it talks about earlier the power of the word the power of our words and of our tongue you know it's like uh the tongue is like the rudder of a ship sort of Mm. even the smallest word sort of sets the direction of the whole thing and uh yeah i think it's at a pastoral level it's really getting to the 
what matters is the quality of the person, not the sort of pizzazz of their rhetoric. Um, I think that at the end of the day, over time, mm -hmm. um, the lines will show if someone hasn't really done their inner homework, uh, call it spiritual depth, moral integrity, um, prayer. I think if what we do is not rooted in an ongoing uh, conversation with God, um, a conversation that opens us up to the possibility of how it is we are to be mm. used um, by God for God's purposes, God's love in the world, then we can go about and do all kinds of amazing things like Paul says in 1 Corinthians yes. 13, right? And, and just be clanging gongs and loud cymbals and, uh, and actually can be quite destructive, which I think is more the point of James' letter is sort of looking at the destructiveness mm -hmm. of, of people who uh, sort of us, like the power uh, of a particular role um, but don't really want um, but don't really want the responsibility or the the authority um, that comes with that um, yeah not all of you should become teachers <laughs> well yeah and also all of us have different gifts and um, and as I said I think we all have many gifts I don't think the spirit just hands out one gift to one person and if you if you can't figure it out you're lost I think we all have you know teaching is one of my gifts and I think I have kind of a constellation of gifts that are mm -hmm. you know over time I think are have pointed me in the direction of of who I'm who I'm being called to be um, and so it sort of has it's kind of call and aptitude and, yeah uh, so yeah. it's cultivated and, and uh, yeah yeah so some people just are not going to be you know the teacher teachers you know for for the rest of their lives but um but also, I, I think more to the point in James, um, there is the higher standard isn't just um, the shinier, uh, more yes. engaging, more charismatic teacher. That's not the higher standard. The higher standard is a quality of oh, yeah. of of human being, of human living in the world, a way that's wise, that's more about wisdom than answers, um, and that is fundamentally rooted in prayer and mm -hmm. shows the fruit of the spirit which oh. is you know, love joy peace patience kindness gentleness self-control humility all those yes. things um that's the kind of person you want teaching people not you know i don't know the hot rod yeah. out in front of the line but really sort of spiritually oh. shallow that is a wonderful response thank you colin for that i think that the uh the the word, if I can, if I can spiritualize it, the, the word for for us as educators, as K to twelve teachers, that I'm hearing, um, is um, the integrity of the person uh, to actually find time to rest and recharge um, as we sit here on vacation, um, to be those to to be and live out as those people. Um, for us, our rhythm is September to June, and uh, so, Colin, thank you so much for. Uh, for taking time out of your uh, your relaxing vacation. Thanks for asking. Yeah, this is this has been very good, and uh, I know it will uh, will benefit many of our listeners. Uh, so yeah, thank you for taking the time. Let's get back to our vacation. <laughs> yeah, enjoy summer school. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Father, Reverend, Brother, erudite scholar, priest on vacation, sitting lakeside reflecting for us about faith and learning. 
It's just a lovely conversation. I am so glad that that could be recorded, that we could share it with you, that it could be part of this episode now immortalized on the internet. We are so looking forward to some future episodes that are coming as we start a new season, new school year, all of the above. So stay tuned for that, folks. We're coming at you with some new material, some new episodes very soon. In the meantime, you can head on over to our website. We're at notmanyofyou.com. And on the website, you can find show notes, previous episodes, all sorts of things. I know we talked at the beginning of the summer about uh, filling that in a little bit. Um, it's been a little slower than, than we thought, but uh, you know that that's coming. And when we get back into the, the swing of the year, that is a great place to go. We are also quite active on Twitter. You can find us at not many of you on Twitter. And uh, when you are listening to us on the app of your choice, if you wouldn't mind taking a few moments to uh, give, us a, give us a positive review, it does go a long way in, uh, in spreading the faith and learning conversation, allowing others to find us. We've been very uh, grateful to receive some, some positive reviews, some, some constructive feedback, uh, not just from our producer circle, but from, from those of you out there who have stumbled across this podcast. And uh, we've received uh, many comments about uh, what we can do to make this show better. And uh, that is what we plan to do. So thank you for listening in today. Enjoy those final a uh, few days of summer that you have left or whenever you're listening to this and we will catch you soon with some new material at not many of you should become teachers. Mm-hmm.